Welcome to Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit, the podcast that dissects Who Framed Roger Rabbit one minute at a time, with special guest, Niall McGowan. We are back with minute 32 of Who Analyzed Roger Rabbit. I am Chris Blair, here with Annie McMullen. Hello. And joining us again from the awesome Bat Minute, we've got Niall McGowan. Hey, Niall. Hey. There's a lot of loony selection for a bunch of podcasting reprobates. Ooh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> getting in. I'm getting into the mood for this guy. Yeah. I mean, they're You're in the mood for tunes. <laughs> <laughs> And the mood for doom. <laughs> we are here, minute 32 of the movie, which begins with the question, is this man removing evidence? And ends with the Toon Patrol crashing through boxes. Mm. So, so I just got the Smart Patrol by Devo popped into my head there as soon as you said that. <laughs> and I love that song. So thank you for that. <laughs> I'm very happy to have it there. We really get the first time Christopher Lloyd talks in this, uh, of course, playing Judge Doom. And for anyone who doesn't know Christopher Lloyd, which I can't imagine too many people listening to the podcast do not know who he is. He, of course, maybe his most famous role, definitely his most famous role as Doc Emmett Brown in the Back to the Future series. He will reprise his role as Doc Brown the next year in Back to the Future 2. And such a different role than he is in those movies than he is in this one. Mm. Is it, because I, Christopher Lloyd is one of my all-time favorite actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just adore him and everything he's in. There's still things now, like random things he pops up to, because he's still working. He's like... 250 years old but he's still cracking still going out making movies and i guess i think he did something called um like i my neighbor is a serial killer really weird movie came out a couple years ago but he was he was the he was the neighbor in it Uh, and great he was fantastic but it was such an odd film i I love that he's still doing these tiny little projects that are so strange yeah Um, I think that is really what he's drawn towards is weird movies because he's yeah. he's been in a lot of them. Yeah. The most recent thing I saw him in was Nobody, uh, where nobody's the, it's John Wick, but what if John Wick was Bob Odenkirk? I liked <laughs> that movie. I thought it was great. It was a great, oh, I, really fun movie. Oh yeah, I loved it too. And was so happy to see that Christopher Lloyd, not just a cameo. It's not like a little one scene deal where he's Bob Odenkirk's dad. It's like, no, he gets in. Like the act, the, the finale has Christopher Lloyd with like a shotgun going around and like getting into business and stuff. And I was like, I love this. This is phenomenal. Uh, uh, to me, though, because um, obviously, yeah, uh, Doc Brown, classic, amazing character. Uh, my favorite character in Back to the Future, even when I was a kid, like I never was on board with Marty McFly. I was like, oh, I'm, I want to see more of the scientist guy. Like he's, he's where the action is for me, quite frankly. Uh, and then um have you guys did you have you seen any of taxi like oh the, yeah yeah oh yeah and uh i used to watch because uh, my high school was like just up the road from where i lived so I, instead of going to the, the canteen at lunch i just nip back home and have lunch in my house uh, and me and my dad would watch repeats of taxi whenever i landed in and oh just 
Reverend Jim, just like one of the greatest sitcom characters of all time. <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> just adore, adore that character, adore him for, for doing it. And um, yeah, the closest, the thing is though, because he's, he's so well suited to this part. It seems so different from the other stuff that he's done. The closest approximation, I guess the way he played like the lead villain in Star Trek 3. Mm, but yeah. uh, he's also in two episodes of Cheers, I remember, where he was Diane's boyfriend. It was before Frasier came into it. So he was like a prototype Frasier where he was like this really pretentious asshat artist who was very effete and kind of like very snobbish and stuff to people. And uh, But he had the glasses and he kind of acted the same way the Judge Dumax. The closest approximation I can get to seeing Christopher Lloyd doing something like this before was in a random two-episode arc of Cheers. This is where it all started. Yeah. And as Zemeckis saw that, he's like, that's it. That's the energy I want. So, you know, I don't, uh, I'm no expert on the American legal system, but I have seen my fair share of procedural television shows and movies. And I've never seen the judge show up at a crime scene. Is that, like, why is he there? This, this seems to be more of like a mega city one Judge Dredd kind of scenario where he's like, <laughs> yeah, I show up. I show up in the crime scene. Like he could, I know he could. everything that's happening in my town. He seems like he's overshot. Like considering he, you know, he's a corrupt, uh, corrupt tune that wants, you know, power and influence and stuff at this point. But he could have just become like a sheriff or like just a like a, like a leading cop on the investigation. But the fact now he's become a judge is like you went too far into one direction. And now it is just strange that you've shown up here and you've got your own private squad like looking into this and stuff. Yeah. And nobody is suspicious of this. Nobody. And he even says he goes up to Eddie and he's like, you know, uh, what does he say? uh, Roger says he says um, the rabbit said he'd do anything to make it work out or something like that. Right. Like. He's not even pretending to be impartial, which is, I feel like a big part of being a judge is at least pretending like you're impartial. Yeah, he's very much all about the executioner yeah. side of it. Like yeah. he is Judge Judy and executioner, like all in one, but he's more like, I'm more here for the killing, basically. <laughs> he's giving off cop vibes instead of judge vibes. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's uh, I also really enjoyed too that... Um, What's it called? Lieutenant Sabinto or uh, Santino? Santino, but obviously Admiral Mahdi from Star Wars. And yes. I, feel, I, I enjoy that the actors learned his lesson because he, like, he's like, hey, Eddie, don't don't mess with him. He's not, he's not coming in, but like, don't try to scare us with your sorcerer's ways, Judge Doom. Like, he's not he's not acting up to Judge Doom. He's like, I've dealt with assholes in black capes before, and you don't question them. All right, you just go with whatever they say. Yeah, this guy might choke me just by looking at me. I'm not, I'm not yeah. gonna mess with him. I'm like, I'm not getting choked. I ain't going in the dip. I'm gonna let someone <laughs> else deal with it. I do want to talk about Doom's appearance a little bit. You know, we yeah. uh, we've brought up the pistol packing possum theory a few times, including, um, and you know, I am always the one who notices the weird clothes and makeup and stuff like that. And Doom has some weird stuff that is pretty. Uh, it like doesn't make sense with the way the movie does everything else. Um, he has like visible contouring makeup on. And this is, uh, this movie, you know, we know they don't do things 
they don't make a lot of mistakes. They don't put things in here that are irrelevant or for no reason or whatever. And he has like, the shape of his face is changed pretty dramatically, not only with prosthetics, which is the way to do it without making it look obvious, right? Like he has a, he has a prosthetic chin. He has a little prosthetic pointy nose thing on that Christopher Lloyd doesn't have. And he also has fake teeth or like some kind of something happening to his teeth. Cause Christopher Lloyd has that kind of like famously like crooked smile and his teeth mm. are much more chiclety here. Chiclety, was, but like stained. And they're so, I, th- I thought they were eerily kind of white though. They looked very fake. Yeah, they are. They're like overly white, but then the, um, they're the like, spaces in between are kind of uh, dramatically dark, right? So that yeah, they, it yeah. looks. And it's a, one of yeah, the big I things I've noticed from, from doing things move, like minute by minute in the past, we're always noticing, the, like I had never noticed how weird that things like that on Judge Doom were back in the days where you taped this off the TV on VHS. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're, it's only now looking at in the crisp Blu-ray kind of quality that you see the level of detailing that they actually put in. And you're like, holy man, like they really went to town. You know, there's a lot of little things like that in, um, you know, like the 60s Batman TV show, Burgess Meredith's Penguin, his shirt is actually kind of feathered. And I never picked up on it until like two years ago. But they did, they, yeah. they put the time and effort to do it back then. And it's only now, like, you know, they obviously thought about all that with Judge Doom and probably the picture quality back then outside the theaters. You would never have, you never would have noticed his teeth as much and stuff. It's Maybe only 30 teeth, years. But, but what I think you would, so this, so this is why I think it's intentional is because like they still had really great makeup, right? Like they knew how to do makeup. Um, it, to see, you can see like a dramatic line on his jaw where it's, he has that chalky face, you know, he's got this kind of chalky face makeup all over. Uh, but you can see a dramatic line right at his jawline where it's gray, like, and it's painted gray in a hard line. There's no blending. Every teenager with social media knows now how to blend out their makeup. But in the movies back then, they, they absolutely knew. You don't see any of these makeup mistakes. Like that's, it's a mistake, you know? Mm. Um, it's stage makeup. It's not movie makeup. And it, it's, it's something you would not put leave in there you wouldn't let one of the main characters in your movie like walk out like that it's so blatantly obvious so to me it's like it's intentional right and like what's it trying to say it does make his face look a lot like pistol packing possums (laughs) a lot he has a little point because the possum has the ball on his nose and he has this very kind of um like it's his face is round on top and then it goes into this like pretty steep V angle. And so I can't help but wonder if it's just like an intentional nod because they could have made him look like pistol packing possum without showing that he was wearing makeup. They could have just added additional prosthetics or, you know, whatever. So I wonder if it's, you know, to me, it just has to be intentional. There's no way that like everything else is so well done. You don't notice anybody else's makeup. And then all yeah, of a sudden there's yeah. this like pretty rookie, like makeup job on him. Well, it's, it's a, it's a terrific example of like why rewatching things gives such levels of, you know, deeper levels of enjoyment because yeah, if you see it with, you know, with that, if you go into it, then knowing the twist and you see like, oh yeah, these contour lines on him and his fake teeth and stuff you know then, oh, he looks like that specifically for a reason. It's because it is all makeup and it is, his teeth are fake and stuff. Um, but, and then, I don't know, like, 
in many ways is almost kind of rave of the um of the makeup department because some people they're like oh, I wonder if people just think we did like a shoddy job on them or something right they really hope that people realize like no it was it was it was that way for a reason like he wasn't supposed to look normal <laughs> I think they're trying to make it look like he's wearing a mask mm-hmm. well I think that's the risk like of doom throughout the movie you could almost consider it a weird performance his performance is very one note he plays a villain who is you know very cartoony and it's only at the end when you realize oh okay that was very much on purpose like he is a cartoon trying to pose as a real person and that's what the performance is this is a cartoon's impression of what a real person looks acts like and Mm. dresses like that is a, a terrific moment now again knowing knowing what you know now after the fact when Eddie does the buzzer trick on him, it's like it's you can almost see it in Doom's face of the restraint he's having to put on because probably at normal circumstances, he would tune out. He would probably like you know, bounce up into the air and like reveal himself. Right. He's having to be like, just keep it together. Don't let it show. <laughs> Don't burst out of the mask or anything because you've been shocked and stuff. Right. Yeah, well, we- how would a person react to this? Yeah. Right, we have we have so many examples of um, of them kind of highlighting toony qualities, right? Like like Roger drinking the alcohol and having this sort of outsized reaction. You know, we, they they hit that trope pretty frequently of like this is goofball tune world, um, and so it's I think it is really interesting to watch um, them highlight like okay, well, what makes if you're a tune and you have to pretend to be a person, what is it? It's very serious. It's very boring. Mm. It's very black and white. It's very, um, you know, he wears a cape. He's so serious. <laughs> like- <laughs> it's, it's great too is in the casting because in most people's minds, Christopher Lloyd plays like, you know, particularly in the 80s, played in Doc Brown, who's kind of a cartoony character. Like he's a real, mm. oh, you know, like all yeah. the face, <laughs> rubber face kind of antics going on. So then to get a guy who was known for all that, you kind of notice more that he's so granite faced and he's so sort of keeping everything in check. And cause you know that he could burst out into doing crazy expressions at any second. Cause you've seen him do it so much. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it really is uh, genius casting uh, a, a really, really terrific performance. Like just effortlessly terrible, like so intimidating the whole time too. Just the, the vibe, he, the aura he carries with him throughout yeah. the whole thing is so terrific. He's such a good choice. Some of the other choices to play Doom, one of them was John Cleese. And they're like, well, he's a little too funny to be Doom. And then Tim Curry, who oppositely, they said he is way too scary to play Doom. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was interesting too, because this would have been pre him playing Pennywise. Mm. Like Penny, Pennywise was like 1990 when he did the It you know, yeah. miniseries. So like they're, I guess they were getting a, a pre-taste of like this iconic clown performance of like who's making that judgment call who's like who's like you know no tim curry he's too scary but christopher lloyd like that's like the right amount to me those are equally bonkers like i don't know they're (laughs) i i don't know where the line is 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 christopher lloyd like an eight on the scary and tim curry's like an 8.1 because they feel real close Mm. I would love to live in the alternate reality 
or just a visit just to see what the Tim Curry performance, particularly in the finale and stuff when he had, cause you know, you guys are covered. It's when he does tune out, it's not entirely Christopher Lloyd. They have someone come in to step and do the voice and stuff for him. And it's like, but with Tim Curry, cause he's got, he's an animated voice guy. Like he did, you know, he's done, he did Captain Hook for years and stuff. Would he have just stuck with it? Would, would we have high pitched Tim Curry doing stuff? Yeah, I really, I, if they have any kind of audition on tape or something, that's that's prime Blu-ray material just to, just to see what it was. Yeah, I would love to see that. I bet it is such a different but fascinating performance and yeah, scary. I'm, I'm I'm out on the Jokerverse. I just want the Doomiverse. I want to oh, see no. all the different Dooms together in a room. I would <laughs> love that. Although the thing is, though, shoes. are you guys aware that... Tim Curry was originally cast as the Joker in the Batman animated series. Oh. And uh, they recorded episodes with him, and then eventually they fired him. Uh, and it's never been entirely completely sure why. Tim Curry just says he was abruptly fired. Other people say he had bronchitis and couldn't, he couldn't do it. But they were, they were deep in production. And Mark Hamill had already recorded different voice parts for them. For like the Mr. Freeze episode, he's like a random, he's like Ferris Boyle. He's like this random, you know, executive in, in the in the episode and eventually yeah they, mark hamill had auditions and he was like they're never gonna give that to me and then eventually they're like hey mark you want to come back and play the joker we've already animated the episodes so <laughs> you're basically coming in to redub with uh, tim curry's already done and uh there's one episode where there's like a little robot clown and you hear the <laughs> and you're like oh that's tim curry yeah like, i know that voice a mile away um <laughs> But yeah, it's so weird that like, yeah, Tim Curry, two iconic villain roles. The guy, I mean, the guy's got enough iconic roles to do him. It's not as if Tim Curry is missing out. Yeah. But like, yeah, two major parts that would have made him even more famous. Well, but, uh, yeah, better uh, luck next time, Tim Curry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love Eddie's kind of rebellious attitude towards Judge Doom. You could tell right away he does not like this guy at all. And he just acts almost like a, a troublemaking teenager. And this is his teacher at a few times. Like his crack about not being a stenographer and, you know, his, um, his just overall kind of flippant attitude towards him is, is really fun to watch. Mm. That's a real film noir trope as well. Like just the guy, the PI who's willing to get beaten up like he he doesn't really care about your authority. If you like Judge Doom was to start knocking him around the room, he just sort of take it and shrug it off. Like it has that real vibe about it of, um, you know, there's a, <laughs> all these guys usually like they they don't really seem to care much for authority and what consequences that could you know bring about onto them. <laughs> They're just like, eh, I'll take my licks and keep on moving. I'm not gonna bow down to the guy or anything. Yeah, yeah, he's um very much embodies that that whole attitude especially since eddie's so done with everything anyway mm, mm. plus too the whole vibe <laughs> judge Doom goes up i wouldn't like to be i wouldn't want to be nice to this guy either at the same time though i think i might just be too scared of him to even say anything i'd just be like all right buddy see ya and just walk away <laughs> i think um i think eddie is he's a man of principles right like he doesn't doesn't seem like he really cares about like societal norms or the rules like 
you know, Judge Doom is the system, the cops are the system, um, which isn't necessarily principled. And Eddie just has his own set of rules that he operates by, and he's going to follow those. It doesn't really give a shit whether or not that, you know, um, works within the confines of this yeah. system. Because then, too, he's like an ex-cop. Like, he's gone Yep. He's gone rogue. And the thing is, like, yeah, the because Doom is just like, he, he's an example of corruption in high places. Like, it's a guy basically bought an election got himself into this position and you know everything about him is inherently corrupt he's just he, everything about him exudes pure evil so eddie's probably like i've seen guys like this before like this is just he's one of many weirdo like top dogs who swaggers in and thinks they can do whatever they want and stuff so he probably just has more of like uh, you know this this kind of asshole again vibe to it Totally. He's so any, he, I think this scene actually just does quite a bit to set up that doom is pretty corrupt. I mean, like he, he doesn't say very many things and every single thing he says, says like, I am not acting appropriately as a judge. Mm, he's like, don't mm. worry. My men will find them. Uh, I'm not sure the cops are supposed to think, or so the uh, judges are supposed to think that uh, cops are their men. Yeah. Uh, that <laughs> feels Especially... like you've made a choice already. <laughs> They're also not men. So that's another thing too. Because that's neither here or there. It's like they are Devo. Uh, that's just got another Devo reference in there. <laughs> yeah, let's see if we can get one more in. Saying, are we not men? We are weasels. <laughs> um, the seems kind of scared of him. Oh yeah, yeah. Of Judge Doom. Mm. I guess it, it seems to be an indication that he he's obviously seen Doom do something before. Like he's even kind of instantly going to edit. Like, it's, his body language towards Eddie is like, don't, don't push this guy. Don't say anything. Don't do anything because he's probably run into him before. And he knows that he's like a nut job basically. Yeah. Well, I like that. So he's, he's scared of him. And then Eddie hands him back the buzzer and shocks him. And it's just mm. like, I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then Doom shoots back with uh, the comment about the just the booze talking, like a little yeah. jab at Eddie there too. It's nice too. Is a it's a human tactic. You know, he's a tune. He could do whatever he wants, but he's he's actually picked up on a little thing of like, oh, I think it's just the booze talking, and the way he leans into him, it's a like a psychological warfare rather than like pulling out a mallet and hitting him over the head. You know, mm -hmm. which is a thing he probably does do quite frequently. You know. And it's yeah. private time. Well, like yeah. he says, he says, I see working for a tune is rubbed off on you. And he's got this kind of like knowing smirk, like I too am a tune, sir. Mm. Uh, <laughs> great if you just let that slip. I too am a tune. Oh, God damn it. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Everyone forgot I said that. <laughs> Roll back the tape. <laughs> uh, one thing I will say, though, um, is it'd be the closest I'll come to a negative comment. On mm -hmm. uh, uh, on some of the work in the movie is that uh, Alan Silvestri, amazing composer, you know, can't fault him at all. Except the music in this scene and well, a lot of Doom scenes in particular is so close to the Predator soundtrack mm. that it feels as if he was just like, oh yeah, I forgot I was supposed to write stuff for that Roger Rabbit movie. Why don't you take some of these pages that I already have written for this movie I made last year, like? It's it sounds it's the same exact instrumentation, it's the same strings. 
if you listen to them side by side, it's very like it's distracting when you know it's the same guy. And it's just like, oh yeah, man. Like you because he's doing great work elsewhere, like all the saxophone work and when he's you know getting into the main themes for other people, terrific. But it's the Doom stuff is so eerily like exactly <laughs> precisely similar. Yeah, his work on Predator. It's a bit like, huh, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not gonna fault you because I, I I couldn't do it, but all right, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe running a little short on time, and he's just like, oh, I gotta get this one out. I'm just gonna recycle. Yeah, I mean, it happens to the best, you know, best mm-hmm. of them too. I think because um, they do the music for Die Hard as well. Uh, I'm mixing them up with someone else, but um, I think so. I think so. I think we talked about it once, but I don't know enough about Predator. I saw it once a million years ago um, to make any kind of informed uh, uh, assessment there. But is is the Predator part possum? <laughs> well, space question. possum potentially. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Well, there you go. I mean, maybe that's maybe he was just. It's a clue. I mean, I know? believe the original title of the movie was pistol packing predator possum and then they just shorten it down to predator but yeah like, I'll, just, I'll give away the twist <laughs> little known fact but well, if you look up just on youtube there's a scene where like they show you the predator doing like his trophy polishing basically where he takes out you know people's skulls and cleans them down and stuff and it, it's just it's silent it's nothing but score and it's the score from this scene basically we'll have to maybe we'll have to do a side-by-side comparison yeah you know Although this they, show if you, is if you guys get uh, alice of estri on i didn't say nothing all right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're silent we'll edit this part out <laughs> uh so one other doom fact is that originally he was supposed to have a cartoon vulture with him named voltaire which they got rid of but fun fact, uh, some of the, the toys they started making ahead of time. So there were Judge Doom action figures that had Voltaire with him. Oh. Which That's I a, it, owned one of them. Oh, really? Oh. I, I, was, I was unaware. I don't know why I never would have thought that there would have been Roger Rabbit tie in toys, because of course there would have been. But I don't think I've ever seen any of the toys. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll have to post some pictures of them in the Facebook group. But I had. Uh, some of them I could not find, but I had a Jessica, an Eddie, a Doom, uh, and I do, and I believe one of the Weasels, not Roger, for some reason. Mm. Oh, actually, looking it up, I see it, and I, it, it it did do the thing I was anticipating, where they kind of give away the twist <laughs> by having them have crazy eyes. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a spoiler there. Yeah, that is a thing. That's a big. The, the, one of the big things in Mask of the Phantasm when they had the toy line for that, where they just showed you who the Phantasm was in the toys. It's like, for Christ's sake, people, the movie's not even out yet. Why this, Why did they get rid of the vulture? I think they just wanted to go with the weasels, um, which mm. will, will take us take us into the people, the people that did replace the vulture driving a 1937 Dodge Humpback um, and they are terrible drivers, very tunish drivers, as they just crash into uh, into the boxes and just make this place even a bigger mess. Mm. I don't know, but I, I don't miss I don't miss Voltaire. I think um, no, I think I think we're okay with him. He he stands out. He has enough presence by himself. He doesn't need a vulture literally on his shoulder. That might have been a I bit think- of overkill. 
Christopher Lloyd, and then especially with this particular makeup and outfit on, looks kind of a lot like a vulture already. Don't mm. think we. Yeah, you we just, don't want put the audience getting confused. death mask on or that that plague mask. <laughs> he just looks exactly like a vulture. <laughs> I think yeah. it's um. It would have been something though if he had been like performing and miming as if there was a vulture on his shoulder. So like throughout the movie, you periodically you see Judge Doom slouching down to one side or something. And they're like, oh Christ, he's acting kind of limping along as if he's holding something on his shoulder. Like, I don't know how we're gonna get around that one. This takes us into everybody's favorite segment of the show. Of course, I am talking about Hypothetical Thursdays. Hypothetical Thursdays, join in on the fun. Hypothetical Thursday is when I pose a hypothetical question and listeners, you can come to our Facebook page and give your answers, which we will read on the show next week. The question that I'm posing this week is, since this is this week heavily features our new character, Judge Doom, I'm asking if Judge Doom got nominated to a Supreme Court justice role, what issue would he be really keen on? Mm. So, uh, you know, I give my answer. I know he's really, uh, you know, all about the transportation system here. I think he would just make, you know, all freeways a, uh, a federal policy. He'd be fighting really hard to do that so he can continue his plan of just making the entire world a freeway. Mm. I think I would say um, because he's, you know, the freeway add into that is convenience and good service. I think he would be all about uh, dry cleaner maintenance because he wants to keep his capes in pristine condition and want to make sure that hat's nicely pressed. You know, it's, it's in, everything's in perfect working order. So yeah. let's make sure that he gets there. And if he wants his, uh, if he wants his cape ironed, he can get it done like that. Yeah. Uh I think, I think he, um, I think he's tired of pretending, you know, uh, I think he, he doesn't want to have to artificially lower his voice and wear this mask anymore. So I think that he is, um, he's going to do whatever he can. And I don't know what this looks like, you know, legislatively, right? Like, I, I don't know what laws he needs to pass or affirm to get this to happen, but, uh, He's really going to fight to make the uh, screechy high voice that is his natural voice sexy. <laughs> the ideal. That's the ideal. That's the right. thing you need to put into law. Like, <laughs> yeah. like everyone, yeah. you are now legally obligated to find that sexy. You are <laughs> horny for anyone who sounds like they've done a lot of helium. <laughs> <laughs> That's such cartoon judge logic. I love it. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I can guarantee you too, there's already people out there who will, who will be into that. So, oh, yep. Rule, rule 37, rule 40, 43, 43, 43. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's rule some number, but yeah. I don't know. somebody <laughs> kept sending a lot of pictures of like sexually suggestive airplanes the other day. And I was like, the world's gone too far. This, this is why we're all being punished. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, we'd love to hear your answer and we would love no pictures of sexy airplanes, please. Uh, so come whatever on. you do, do not send us pictures of sexy airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> and that has been Hypothetical Thursday. 
This is a really tough one. Um, you know, I think saying Judge Doom or really anything about him is it's too early. And, uh, you know, it's really, this whole scene is basically just a conversation between uh, Eddie and Judge Doom. So um, I'm going to do something a little weird here. And in in between their conversation, if when you're we're, we're staring at them from the side where you can see both of them in the frame, uh, there's a large cactus in the background that is wearing a sheriff's hat and... Um, <laughs> and uh holster um and i just like i just like what he adds to the scene it's just a it's just a big green cactus it's the only colorful thing in the minute um and he just adds a little levity to the intense conversation that uh doom and valiant are are having so so i'm glad he's uh, there he is of course the sheriff of toontown uh surveying the scene himself coming in it's like well right you're boarding on my turf (laughs) i want I want to see the spinoff where he's working in the background to like restore real justice since everyone else is corrupt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Cactus, for standing up for uh, law and order in this world. Yeah. yeah. Vote Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> much better, much better Supreme Court justice. So that is it for today. We are a Dueling Genre production. Go check out all their podcasts on duelinggenre.com. Click on the link to support. Niall, where can people find you? Uh, well, you can find me on all uh, usual social media pages. Uh, specific, if you're specifically looking for me in regards to what I do in terms of podcasting, uh, I'm one of the hosts of Bat Minute, uh, which were you know, the same idea you guys are doing, but we did it, uh, and we are do- still doing it with uh, the Batman movies. Um, and you can find that on uh, all good podcatchers, uh, just Bat Minutes. Uh, and of course, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that. It's just, you type in Bat Minute, we're more than likely going to be the thing that shows up. So see you Friday for Minute 33 of Who In Alive, Roger Rabbit.